him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. And kings shall come out of thy loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac to thee, I will give it. And to thy seed after thee will I give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering thereon, and he poured oil thereon. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spake with him, Bethel. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege to read the Bible. Thank you, God, for letting us read tonight. Thank you, God, for the things that's flooded our minds even this evening as we've thought briefly upon these scripture tonight. Now, God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, as we stand to preach, God. I sure do need you. And I ask you, dear God, that you would give me the unction of the Holy Spirit of God, the ability to stand and preach, Lord, that might be a blessing to these, your people. God, I'm grateful that you've blessed me. I'm grateful, God, for all that you've done for me. I'm grateful for the Lord Jesus, dear God, most of all. And I bless your name, God, that you give me to be a child, Lord, of yours. Thank you, God, for what Jesus accomplished on Calvary. Thank you, God, that it was finished there. Lord, there's nothing else I have to do. God, trust you. And I bless your name because of when I did. You saved me just like you said you would. Now, Lord, I pray that you would renew our hearts tonight in strength. God, help us that we could worship you in spirit and in truth. Forgive me of my failures, and God, help me in my weaknesses. And I'll bless your name forever. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Now, read a good little bit of reading there in the 35th chapter of the book of Genesis, and I this used to be a scripture I, I preached from quite a bit for a long time. I, I, I used to love these scriptures. I say I used to. I still do. Sometimes you feel like you outgrow some things. And, and I, I just I feel like tonight is just a good time just to go back and revisit what God has, has shown us in his word. What God has given us out of the Bible. I'm glad for, for the Old Testament just as much as I am for the New Testament. There uh, you can see the hand of God and the work of the Lord Jesus in the old Bible just like you can in the new Bible. Do you see the picture of Christ painted wherever you go in Scripture? He's on every page. He's on every line. The Lord Jesus Christ is from everlasting to everlasting. He didn't begin in a, in a stable, in a, in a manger uh, 2,000 years ago, but he's always always has been. Uh, the Lord said, let us make man. When he was saying the word us, that's what he was meaning. That's him and, and God and the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and the Holy Ghost, all uh, the, the, the Godhead in completeness right there. Even in creation, God has shown us that the Lord Jesus has always been here. But now we find Jacob. Everybody knows the story of Jacob. The word Jacob, what does Jacob mean? The word Jacob means that he was a trickster. That's what he means. He was a he was one that was slick. He was sly. He was a, a prankster. He was one that was cunning, I reckon you'd say. A lot of the definitions uh, that you find given unto Jacob as far as describing his uh, him uh, was uh, 
is given to the devil in the same way. The devil's known as a cunning one, isn't he? Uh, he's known as cunning. Jacob's known as cunning. And uh, so we find Jacob as being a man, and he's grown. He's gotten grown. He's left home. He's went to Laban, his mother's brother. He stayed there for over 14 years working for Laban. Had left there with two wives and left there with an enemy being his brother on his trail. And uh, Jacob, on the way there, had stopped by a place. And, and when he stopped by a place, uh, there he wrestled with an angel, the Scripture said, and he called that place Bethel. Now, what we find is he's on his journey back, Brother Mike, and he's, uh, he's, uh, he's met with, a, with, with, with uh, Esau already. He's, uh, we find that there's been a lot of things that Jake, you know, God's taken care of Jacob all the way. He's taken care of things. Uh, but Jacob said, I'll tell you what, God spoke to him and, and said, God said unto Jacob, Arise and, and go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Go up to Bethel and remember there where you, what, what, what took place. I, I want to preach to you if I can tonight on the subject just for a few minutes of uh, thank God for Bethel. Uh, thank God for Bethel. I can recall a time in my life uh, when I was so grateful to have a Bethel. I, can, uh, I, was, uh, I have a place where I realized that I had at one time uh, met God and had, had done business with God and God had done business with me. I don't want to ever outgrow the time and the place in my life, Brother Joe, where that it don't mean something for me to go back and, and recall the day that I got born again. I'm grateful today that there's a Bethel. And I'm telling you, oh, the people that are in trouble today are those that have no place where they can go to and have no place where they can recall that the Lord came and met with them and they met with him and where victory came to their soul because they had been born again. I want to ask you tonight, I want to ask you first of all, do you have a definite place you can go back to where you met the Lord Jesus as your Savior. Uh, you know, there's a lot of folks get nervous when you start preaching on this, and, and maybe for good reason, because you need to nail it down. You need to be sure where you got saved and if you got saved. You need to make, make it be without a doubt that you've been born again. And, and uh, when God spoke to, to Jacob, he said to Jacob, I want you to go back to Bethel, and dwell there and make there an altar unto God. Listen here. He said that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. In other words, I want you to go back to the place where you got your help at when you was in trouble. I want you to go back to the place where you got your help at when you were in distress. Go back to the place that you got help when you were in, in the bind that you were in. You remember, I, I don't find Jacob wandering around in the wilderness and saying, where, this, where is this place? I don't find him wandering around in the woods and saying, I don't know where it was. But he knew exactly where it was that he went when he met with God and when God met with with him and let me assure you tonight friend if you've ever met the master if you've ever trusted him if you've ever believed in him or you know where it took place at bless God I'm tired of the preaching around I'm tired of the, uh, him hauling around and folk thinking you ain't got to have a place that you can go back to I preached it for years I ain't going to quit preaching it today a, a man that don't have a Bethel's going to hell a woman that don't have a Bethel's going to hell you better make sure you got a Bethel it ain't too 
Bethels or three Bethels or maybe here or maybe there, but you need to nail it down that I've been born again. I got washed in the blood of the Lamb of God. This is where it took place. I got saved at this place. We can go through this business of life and we can wonder what happens when we go to Bethel. I find Jacob as he makes a trip by there when he, come, when he left there that he met with the Lord. It's good sometimes to go back to where we got started at, ain't it? It ain't, ain't going to hurt you to go back to where you got started at. It ain't going to hurt you to go back to a time that you got started at. Uh, where you got started. It ain't going to hurt you to go back and recall and remember what it was like. Uh, I, I preached the other night at, at San, uh, no, goodness gracious, up there where Seth is a sure anchor anyhow. I, I preached up there the other night and I preached about sitting uh, uh, there. You've heard me preach it. I sat where they sat. And I believe a lot of times we forget about what it was like when we were lost. Uh, but let me tell you what will make you love God more. And that will be when you remember what it was like when you were lost. Uh, when you remember what it was like to be a, a separated from a God, when you remember what it was like to be in distress, uh, remember what it was like to be heart and be heartbroken, and all of a sudden having the glory of God uh, to rest upon you, and the assurance uh, to sweep over your soul, and to know that you no longer got to worry about death anymore, but now you have sweet assurance uh, in a Savior. Hey, it don't hurt you to go back to Bethel, Amen. Don't hurt you to go back there. But I'm glad I got a Bethel. talked to a lot of people before and they said well I, I don't know but it could have been here or it could have been there but I find that Jacob when God said go back to Bethel Jacob knew right where to go he didn't go to several different places but he knew right where to go and when he got there brother and sisters listen to me things changed when he got to Bethel Y'all realize that? He came there being Jacob. Y'all remember that, don't you? He came there being Jacob, being one that was a trickster, being one that had been through life. And his trip here this time, Brother Joe, when he came back, he, his trip was different this time because the Lord met with him in a different way. It wasn't a wrestling match taking part no more, taking place anymore. But there was a meeting with the God of glory. God no longer called him Jacob when he left there that day, but his name was called Israel and told him that his, his seed would be blessed and there'd be great nation rise up and he inherited the land that was promised unto Abraham. Remember this, friend. I want you to know, I know there was a land in, uh, in Canaan that was promised to Abraham, but remember what the Bible said that Abraham sought for. When Abraham got to Canaan, I'm telling you, he wasn't satisfied there. The Bible said he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. Uh, he wasn't satisfied with just getting a, a Canaan land, but he was looking for a better city. And I'm telling you what Jacob inherited there on, on Bethel. It wasn't just a promised land, but he inherited a city also that now Abraham will one day inhabit. I'm telling you, we get to inhabit. If you've got a Bethel, you get to inhabit one day a city that's not been made with hands. Listen this evening. You ought to be grateful for Bethel. Thank God I got a Bethel. I remember preaching on this line one, 
one Sunday night at Sochi Church several years ago preaching about the same thing. Probably had it a little better prepared than what I do tonight. But anyhow, remember preaching back there and sitting in the back, pretty close back there where Brother Stephen's sitting right now was a young man and his family. And his wife had gotten saved a few weeks before. She had uh, come and joined the church. And he sat back there and he, you could, I could tell when I was preaching about Bethel and about having a Bethel and about being saved and being knowing that you're saved. And I could tell he wasn't liking that too good. We dismissed church that night and I got home and, and uh, wasn't long been got home that I was in the house there and my pa-in-law and mother-in-law and them come home with us that night and my phone rang and that young man was on the phone and he said, he lives right down the road from me. He said, I want to come to your house. Me and you need to talk. And I said, well, buddy, come on anytime you want to. He said, I'm coming now. I said, come on, that's good. So I walked on in my study at the back door there, had the door right there open. He come to the back door. He knocked on the door. I said, come on in. He walked in. and He sat down, walked right on in my little office there and sat down. And he said, I don't like what you had to say tonight at all. I said, why is that? He said, well, I, I, want, I just want you to know that I've always been saved. I think I've always been I've always been going to heaven. I never have worried about going to hell. I said until when? And he just kind of looked at me. And uh, I, he said, "But I, I, you know, you told you said tonight if I don't have a place I can go back to, that I'm not saved." And I disagree with that. I said, "So you saying you've been saved all, always?" Yes, sir. And I stuck my hand out and shook. I said, "Can I shake your hand?" He shook my hand reluctantly, looking at me kind of like a calf looking at a new gate. I said, he said, why you want to shake my hand? I said, because you're the only fellow God ever made just like you. He said, what do you mean by that? I said, you ever heard of Paul the Apostle? Yes, sir. I flipped over to Acts chapter 9. I read there. I said, you see right here, he had a Bethel. He could go back to. He had a place he could remember where he got born again. Flipped over a couple chapters said, he, see here, he's reliving it. He's telling somebody else about what happened to him on the road to Damascus. I flipped over a little more. I said, see here, he's telling it again. I said, that's the Apostle Paul, and you was created better than him, right? By this time, he had his head hung down to the ground. He wouldn't look up at me, and tears began to drip off his nose. His name is Warren Soshi, and I said, Warren, are you okay? He said, no, preacher, I'm lost. Well, I said, that's a good place to be. What do you mean, preacher? Yeah, I said, now you can get saved. You can have a Bethel tonight. I got to preach at his ordination service here two or three years ago. They ordained him deacon at Sosha Church. And he stood up and told of that experience. He said, I went to that preacher's house to whip him that night. Now, he had had a fight on his hands, I can tell you that. But he was fighting a battle not with me. But he was fighting a battle with God. And his arms is too short to box with God. I'm telling you tonight, friend, if you, if you, can't, if you don't have a place you can rest assured in and you can nail down that you got born again, you need to not leave here tonight like that. You, you need not, to, you need not to, to go your life hoping that you make it and, and hoping that you go. I, I was telling the story this evening about a, a barber that I, I dealt with that, that told me years ago that, 
that the Bible said you're saved by hope and you can't really know that you're saved. And, and he believed that. And, and I told him, I said, friend, you're, you got it all backwards. It's not, that, that hope is not a, a wishful hope, but that hope that Paul's talking about in Romans is an expectant hope. It's a hope that you know that you have. My hope is not here. As the songwriter said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. I'm telling you, Jesus' blood and righteousness, that there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves I know, but I remember the day when I gave up and I trusted him. I remember the hour. I can take you to right where I was at. I can remember when it took place. And friend, I'm glad that sometimes, Brother Philip, I still got to in my memory, in my mind, I got to make the trip back to Bethel and I got to go back there and it don't ever hurt me. I can settle things real good when I get back to Bethel. I can settle it real good. There's times we all may doubt. It may question come up in our minds. But friend, I can chase it back to Bethel. Brother Mike, I can find sweet assurance there. I thank God for Bethel. Jacob became Israel at Bethel. That's where it happened there. Jacob became Israel at Bethel. Look at Psalm 116. Psalm 116. Go to Psalm 140 and you can find there that the Lord's speaking in, in, in Psalm 40, I mean not 140. In the 40th Psalm, I'm going to turn over there real quick and just mention a few things before I go to 116. In the 40th Psalm, I find where the, the psalmist is talking about how he waited patiently on the Lord. And he inclined unto me, I heard my cry. He said, He brought me up out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay. And he set my feet on a rock. And he established my going. Y'all notice something about this? This was a solid place that he had been. He's not grabbing at a bunch of different things, but he's remembering what happened to him on a specific time. He said, he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man. Maketh the Lord his, his trust, respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. Blessed is the man that trusted the Lord. Notice this. And respecteth not the proud. The pride that would keep you from acknowledging your need of a Savior. Blessed is the man that don't acknowledge that and that puts that down. Notice this. Respect up for and such as turn aside to lies. So the psalmist here is remembering when he had inclined or when the Lord had listened to him. Then I get to the 116th Psalm, 
and I find the psalmist singing a different song in the same tune. And he's saying here that I love the Lord and he's got a reason for loving him. I wonder, do you have a, love, a reason for loving him tonight? You have a reason to love the Lord tonight. If you don't love him, you maybe you maybe that you don't have a reason to love him. But do you love the Lord this evening? The psalmist said, I love the Lord. Why? Because he hath heard my voice and, and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Then he goes into descriptive testimony of what happened unto him. He said, the sorrows of death compassion. We see he had a problem. The problem was he was going to die. The problem was that death had came before him. And he said, I've got a problem here. The sorrows of death compassion. In other words, he knew that death was imminent. He knew that death had an intent, and it was to separate him. He knew that death was coming. He knew that death was sure. Hebrews 9, 27, and it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. Death is as sure as breath right now. Death is as sure as your life is right now. I'm a lot closer to death now than I've ever been. I'm a lot closer. I think about it more often than I ever have. It crosses my mind more than it ever did before. I recall, I think about death. But it's not the sorrows of death anymore. But there was a day that the sorrows of death got hold upon me. The fearfulness of death that had come, come my way and which I was captivated by, which got my mind, which, uh, uh, which uh, troubled my soul, the sorrows of death. He said that they had compassed him. Who had they compassed? He said, compass me. We see a problem, then we see a people. Who is the people? He said, me. The sorrows of death that compass me. There's a people that's involved in that, and that's me and you. The Bible said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God said that we're all sinners. That means me. That means I. That means you. That means we. We're all people. In other words, the sorrows of death had got, had compassed me. And, and notice this. He said, the pains of hell got hold upon me. And there's the word I again. I found trouble and sorrow. In other words, it's a personal thing there uh, that we find. Uh, and there's a personal, rather, the, I'm telling you, salvation is a personal thing. When you come to Bethel, it's a personal thing. It's not a group thing. It's not something that we can all do together, but it's something that an individual has to make their, uh, their, their dealings right with God on an individual basis. I didn't get saved in a crowd of people, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, but I'm telling you, I, I got saved there that day the same way if you're saved tonight, you got saved the same way that I did, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. 
And I want you to see that the, the people, as us, it means we, it's a personal salvation. I was personally lost. I was personally in trouble. I was personally destitute. I was personally doomed. I was personally damned. And brother, I was personally delivered the same day. And I got personally, I'm grateful tonight that salvation is a personal thing. It's not something that, that, that's, a, that's collective, but it's personal to us. He said, in the sorrows of hell, of death come past me, in the pains of hell, God hold upon me. We see the penalty all right there also. Look at the penalty. There's the pains of hell. Pains of hell is what? That's the reality. What is the reality of hell? That I'm going to die and go to hell. I'm going to face hell. I'm going to be. If I die without you, listen to me. Tonight, if you're here, no matter if you're a church member or you're not. And even though you may say that you're saved, you may know that you're lost. You may believe a lie. You may say, well, you know what? Nobody else knows, but God knows. And I want you to know that, friend, this evening the penalty of hell will come your way. At the moment your heart stops beating and your, your, your lungs quit expanding, and your soul departs this body, you'll open your eyes in hell. And the pains of hell will get hold upon you. But I'm telling you, before that ever takes place, you can have, the rep you can have a, a time to repent tonight. You can have the assurance that you don't have to go to hell. You can trust the Lord Jesus this evening. You can be born again. I want you to know that the problem and the people and the penalty, there's a remedy for all of that, and his name is the Lord Jesus. You can make yourself a Bethel this evening. You can have a Bethel this evening if you'll only come to the end of yourself and say, God, I'm a sinner. I've lied long enough. I've lived in this dream long enough. God, I want to come to reality, and I want to get born again. Listen, I wouldn't leave tonight if I knew I was lost you see that mercy was extended look at verse 4 then called I upon the name of the Lord oh Lord I beseech thee notice what he said deliver my soul What God, what he, what he cried unto the Lord was for help and for mercy. God, I'm begging you. Deliver my soul. I don't know that I begged on the day I got saved. I don't know that I had to. I, I didn't have to. I did call upon the Lord. I did ask him to save me. In the very moment that I put my trust in him, he saved. A little house about a mile from my house, not quite a mile from my house. Oftentimes, I, I think, Joe, I've pointed out to you before, no, pointed out to Philip. Used to be the parsonage house of Ten Mile Baptist Church. They picked it up and they moved. God, God in His providence brought it closer to me. They, they picked that house up and moved it out, out there, sold it from the par, being a parsonage and put it on the back of a trailer and, and hauled that thing out to Sunflower Community there. Set it up on the hill behind a little pond there. There's not a time that I pass by. Not one single time that I pass by. 
But I don't think about what happened down that hallway on the second room on the right. On May the 16th, 1978. There's not a time that I go by that way that I don't recall what happened to me. But Mike, I'm so grateful for Bethel. Because there's times I'm unsure about several things. But when I go back to Bethel, I can find some peace there. I can find some help there. Your Bethel may not be just like mine, and you don't have to be. I remember preaching that one time. A fellow got real concerned because I said, you need to know where you was at when you got saved. He didn't. He got real concerned. He said, Preacher, I, I don't know about so much. A, Preacher, I'm scared. I said, why? He said, because when I got saved, I was in the back seat of a car, and I don't know where I was right at on the road. Well, I said, you ain't got to know where you was at on the road, buddy. You know where you was at. You know you got saved. You got a place to go to. Have you got a place? You remember? Songwriter said, I remember the day. The Lord saved me. I'm not saying I always don't remember. I may have something attack my mind. But my grandma, Bon, I believe with all my heart she was a saved lady. But she died almost like an infant. Had a little baby doll in her arms. She played that thing, played with it like a little girl. Alzheimer's got her mind. Did that mean she wasn't saved? No, absolutely not. But while she was in her right mind, she could take you back to Bethel. Angela's grandpa. I always wanted to know. I'm 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 bad to ask folks sometimes. I want to tell you, tell me when you got saved. I asked my mama all that, and she was the day she died. I sat in her hospital room, mama and Angela and the kids all left, and I, I said, Mama, tell me about when you got saved. She in her last day on planet Earth took me back to a time during the Great Depression. She got gloriously born again. Brother Carl Sullivan preaching at Ten Mile Baptist Church. She told me about when it happened. I remember getting through and her, her looking at me and she said, now, son. I said, ma'am. She said, now, you tell me about when you got saved. And I said, I believe I will. See, I'm not embarrassed. I know what happened to me on that day. Angela's granddaddy, Alzheimer's got him. Remember asking him sitting in me and him was sitting in a in a, in a in a in a lawn chair back in resting in the sunshine or in the shade out of the sunshine in a watermelon field in the back part back there one day and me and him sitting back there just in our lawn and I said Papa tell me about when you met Jesus he took me back to old Cypress Creek Baptist Church and he was just a young man. Told me at occasion when Jesus saved me. You see, I'm glad I got a Bethel. I'm glad I've got. I'm glad I've heard my wife's testimony. She's told me about her salvation experience. 
glad my son's got one and my daughter's got one. I'm glad y'all have one. I used to put folks up all the time when I was offering invitations. I don't know, I've outgrown it. I reckon got too cold, concerned about what folks is, or think. But Brother Dean, we used to go around and ask one another. During invitation, I've seen times you'd go to every one of your kids and ask them, are they saved? I've seen that right, I've seen that right in, in, in that little building right down there. More times than not one. I've seen times we'd get up and walk around hugging necks and asking one another, will I see you in heaven? That's back when it mattered to us. Back when it really mattered. Back when lost folk were precious. Back when we cared about people dying and going to hell today. It's not much, we're not much worried about that no more. We've gotten above all that. And we're suffering because of it. See, there's nothing wrong with being going back to Bethel. There's nothing wrong with somebody else assuring you that they've got a Bethel. Nothing wrong with that. You got a problem with it, you got a problem with Bethel. You got a problem with Bethel. You say that's emotionalism. I don't know about you, but the day I got saved, I got pretty emotional. I sure did. I got pretty emotional. Philip, I know you're pretty emotional. I was talking to you on the phone. Because I know you was emotional. You was right down beside me on, on your knees. You have a Bethel. See, things change at Bethel. Jacob. Look, I challenge you to go look at Jacob's life before his visit, his last visit to Bethel and after that last visit. Notice before he went there, he made his entire family repent and get rid of the gods that they had. Took the earrings out of their ears and, and buried them under a tree at Shechem. Then he got there and talked with God. And he left there, no longer Jacob. But he was Israel. The day I got saved, I didn't leave there the same way. Well, I'm still a sinner. Still fragile and frail. But I had gained victory that day by trusting in God's only Son. 1991, I went through a struggling time in my life. <clears throat> One of the hardest times I've ever been through. I don't like to talk about it a whole lot because of what I went through, but I had, I was in trouble. I mean, I was in serious trouble. And, uh, I was, uh, left the house that Sunday morning headed to church with every intention when I got there to resign the church 
going to. I didn't know what in me was up. I didn't know if I saved or lost. I didn't know what. I was fighting the biggest battle of my life. And I was trying to pray on the way. Angel, I wasn't even able to drive. Angel was driving. Y'all don't, don't never let her drive. Okay? But I wasn't even able to drive. That's how bad I was. We was coming by where there used to be an old juke joint on the right-hand side of the road there called the Jim Owens Club. And I was praying. And all of a sudden, God said, Son, won't you go back to that house? In my mind, right then, I went back to a little 12-year-old boy. He was on his way to hell. My mind right there between there and social church, I got the sweetest assurance. As I recall, I stood and preached that Sunday morning. If you want to see God's, I stood and preached that Sunday morning. Brother Philip, you know what I preached? Thank God for Bethel. There was 12 young people that made a profession of faith that Sunday morning. 12 young people that didn't have a Bethel before they got there that left there with a Bethel. I thank God for Bethel. I've had to make more than one trip back there. Sometimes they're sweeter than at other times. But each time, God's been faithful. Do you have a Bethel? I'm not looking for you to tell me. I'm looking for you to answer to God. Do you have a Bethel? Are you sure? Are you steadfast? Are you solid? Are you, are you, are you absolutely positive that you have a Bethel? What about your family? Do they have a Bethel? Are you not concerned about that? Preacher, I don't know. Why don't you find out? Once you go to your family, won't you tell them tonight, I'll see you in heaven. If if you're saved, you ought to be ashamed to say, I'm going to heaven. Are you? I'm going to heaven. You're going to meet me there? It ought not be ashamed. It ought not bother us at all to be able to say that. I don't know your heart this evening. don't know if this meant anything to you. But I just wonder, do you have a Bethel? I thank God for Bethel. Father, take what we tried to preach tonight and cleanse it of my errors. I know, God, that I fail more times than not. God, you've never failed me. Lord, I'm grateful tonight for the privilege privilege and honor, God, to be your child. God, I want to thank you for visiting me one day, letting me trust in your darling son. Thank you for sweet assurance, dear God. Thank you, God, for settling our hearts of how we stand. God, I beg you that you'll touch each heart tonight. Lord, especially those that's not saved. God, help them to trust Jesus, I pray. I ask these things tonight in Jesus' name.